Is church and fellowship actually important for Christians? Is it wrong if I just attend virtually or if I just hop around? And why is showing up to a building so important? Today on the podcast, we are talking about why attending church is important for Christians and answering all of those questions. Here are the top reasons that people don't go to church according to Pew Research. The first one is that they like to practice their faith in other ways. The second is that there's a net dislike for congregation and religious services. And the third is that people haven't found a church or house of worship that they like. Allendale Baptist Church had an article that said this, which I love. It says, quote, one thing in common with these three reasons is that they all have to do with personal preference or feelings about the church. But all right, friends, I hate to break it to you, or rather I'm happy to, but today we are not talking about how you feel about going to church, but rather what God says about it. We'll be talking about those common reasons that people don't go to church, the importance of church that's greater than our feelings, what going to church doesn't mean, and two, stats about both the decline in church and the impact that regular religious services have, and to what makes a solid church to go to. So this is a jam-packed episode all about the importance of church. This episode is both for the Christian who loves the Lord but is debating the importance of church, and to the Christian who loves the Lord and attends regularly but wants to know why that's important. And at the end of this episode, I'm answering your questions that you write into our Dear Meg segment. Today's question is about how to know whether God is calling us to make a new move or stay where you're planted. And before we get going, I just want to pause and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Friend, I don't take it lightly. It truly means the world. And to your shares and reviews, I can't tell you just how much of an impact it really makes when you share episodes with your friends and family on social media or your go-to group chat. And to when you leave reviews for the podcast. It really makes an impact in growing the podcast and helping it to encourage even more women in Christ. So thank you for doing that. And if you haven't yet, I would be so thankful if you would. All right, let's get started. Hey friend, I'm Megan Edmonds, and I am so glad that you're here joining me on the She Lives Purposefully podcast, a place where we are encouraged and equipped in our walks with Christ, in knowing our purpose, and in living purposefully as Christian women. I am so thankful that we get to do this life to seek God and honor Him together. So here are some stats about Christians and the church. I'm going to read them from an article that I will link in the show notes for you so you can go and check out this article and these stats on your own. The first one is this. Only 20% of Americans attend church at a weekly rate, and that is down from 32% in 2000. So down from 32%, it's now at 20%. 57% of Americans are seldom or never in a religious service attendance, and that is from a Gallup poll. And two, regular church attendance has steadily declined since the turn of the century. 16% of Christians who attended church pre-pandemic 
have stopped attending church entirely. And the number of evangelicals that never attend church increased from 25% pre-COVID to 33% today. Now, one stat that I found super interesting from this site is that 39% of millennials, 39% of millennials report attending church on a weekly basis, according to Barna's state, recent state of the church report. So this is a significant increase over the years prior. Um, and so from 2019, that number, and you know, today it's 39%, that number was 21%. So it's jumped up, what is that, 18% in a matter of four years. So I just thought that that was a very interesting statistic. All right, before we continue to dive in, I need to tell you that today's podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I'm a big advocate for solid Christian counseling. I think it's so important, and I myself have done it a few times in my life. I think it's so powerful, truly life-changing, and I think what's so important about the counseling that I did is that I went to a Christian counselor. Faithful Counseling is an online Christian counseling service that matches you with your own licensed professional therapist, who again is a practicing Christian. At Faithful Counseling, you can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor and schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed until you find the right fit for you. Faithful Counseling is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. And She Lives Purposefully podcast listeners get 10% off of your first month at faithfulcounseling.com backslash she lives purposefully. That's faithfulcounseling.com backslash she lives purposefully for 10% off. I will have that link in the show notes for you. We all need to talk to someone and Faithful Counseling can help. Thank you to Faithful Counseling for sponsoring today's episode. So we've gone over these stats, we've gone over, you know, top reasons that people aren't going to church, but why do so many Christians stress the importance of church in the first place? What is so important about showing up to a building? All right, so we're gonna go through some of these reasons and we're gonna see that it's really not just about showing up to a building. The first reason that I want to talk about is that we are called to have a gathering of the saints. That's what really is emphasized in scripture versus the building itself. So too, when we're talking about going to church, and we'll dive more into this later, we're really talking about the gathering of the saints. In Hebrews 10, 25, it says this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much more and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The Gospel Coalition says this, the apostle here rebukes the independent spirit. Wow. And it continues. He rebukes those who are too self-reliant to acknowledge their need of the Christian community, as well as those who are too proud to humble themselves in service to it. So that first reason is because we're actually called to have a gathering of the saints. The second reason that I want to talk about is fellowship. Fellowship with fellow believers is so important and scripture gives us a few reasons of why. And fellowship can only happen in groups. 
One reason that fellowship is so important is because of exhortation and encouragement. We get to build one another up, help each other to not sin, be there for confession, help people fight against the condemnation of the devil when maybe they do sin. It's for accountability, being able to speak life and have life spoken into you. The Christian life without fellowship is not only lonely and difficult, but it's something that God doesn't want for his people because he knows the power of having others filled with the spirit around you. And on the flip side, he knows the power of loneliness, of fighting the world, sin, and the devil alone, of going through hard things alone. Hebrews 3, 12 through 13 says this, exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Again, that was Hebrews 3, 12 through 13. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love hebrews 10:25 the second half of that verse says but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near and hebrews 10:24 the verse right before says and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. So we see a lot of exhortation and encouragement. That's something that Christians are called to. That's really only something that can happen when you are plugged into the body of Christ, when you're plugged into community. And jumping off of that in fellowship is really another aspect of fellowship that's really important is just being there for each other. This is another beautiful thing about the body of Christ. Friend, Christians are called to be there for one another. Galatians 6, 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 16 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So those are a couple of reasons that fellowship is a really big part of why attending church, the gathering of the saints, is really important. Fellowship is a huge aspect of our Christian walk with the Lord. And like I said earlier, without it, it's really lonely, it's really difficult, and it's not what the Lord has for his children. Another reason to attend church, and this is a really big one, as if the other reasons weren't motivating enough, which is that we're actually called to it and that we can find fellowship here, is that church and the gathering of the saints is a place where we can exercise our spiritual gifts and actually participate as our part in the body of Christ. In Romans 12, verse 6, it says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And friend, we can only use our gifts with other people or uncover our gifts as we interact with others. I only know I'm going to have, you know, the gift of hospitality or of encouragement, different gifts that we have as I'm interacting with other people. And then too, in those places are the places that I can actually use those gifts. Romans 12 verse 5, the verse right before says, So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 21 through 22, 
It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So all of that to say that we are so needed as parts of the body of Christ. We all have different roles. We all have different gifts. And we are really called to be working together as a body and not just individually. So being a part of that body of Christ, gathering with the saints is so important. And church is a place to do that. And of course, another reason that church is so important is this simply being taught. This is, of course, a huge thing that happens in church, and it is so vital to our faith. But I think that one reason I wanted to mention this last is because I think so often we only see church as that reason, which is why we think, oh, we'll go virtually. Oh, we'll just hop around. Oh, I can just listen to sermons that are on podcasts and not actually attend church. But this is not the only reason. However, it is a reason and it's really important. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Wow, that is the word of God. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So friend, this is why all of these reasons together are why going to church virtually consistently or church hopping and not really having a home church is not you know, what we're really called to, and it's not really going to work efficiently, not work well. This is not what we're supposed to do. If we stick to a virtual church, or we don't have a home church or a church with believers that we know and can fellowship with, then we may be able to receive teaching for sure, like we talked about, but we will lose the ability and the opportunity to use our gifts well, We'll lose the ability to form real relationships with the body of Christ and then in turn trust and build up and be vulnerable and be encouraged by and encourage others and be exhorted by and exhorted others. All of those things, we're not going to have that if we're not going into the church community in person consistently and forming those relationships. For me, attending church regularly was honestly, if I'm being transparent, hard to hop into back after the pandemic. So our church closed for a little bit and we had virtual while everything was just kind of being figured out. Um, and then it opened up and, you know, I think so many people, and I think this is true for, you know, a lot of people, got really used to having church virtually and being able to be on your sofa and eating breakfast or maybe outside or just listening with your headphones in on a walk or something like that. And I really noticed myself getting comfortable with that. And so it was hard to hop back into that and kind of break that. And I am so thankful that my church opened up when they did. So a lot of churches took a really long time to open up. My church didn't. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. And that too, even before they opened up in a huge, you know, in their um, sanctuary, they had some small groups, things like that. Um, and I'm thankful because I think if it had lasted longer, it would have been even hard to break this idea of going virtually. Um, but you know, again, in kind of breaking that virtual mentality, I was remembering that we are called to gather. And friend, God is wise in his ways. And I think if we're honest, 
we do see the consequences of having the opposite of everything these verses say. We notice when we don't have community, we don't have people speaking into our lives, when we don't have the word of God speaking into our lives, when we don't have teaching, when we're not using our gifts or we don't even know our gifts, and when we're just simply not obeying what the Bible suggests and actually tells us that we do is to gather with the saints. We find it harder to fight sin. We go through life more alone. We feel lonelier. We don't dive into our spiritual gifts. We don't feel encouraged and helped and exhorted. And we don't do that in turn. So I, you know, the Lord is so wise in his ways and the consequences of not living how he calls us to are very real. And that even applies to something like going to church, gathering with the saints consistently. But here are, you know, we've talked about now why it's so important. We've talked about the reasons people don't go to church and we've talked about a bunch of stats too, but here are, here is what going to church doesn't mean. First, it doesn't mean that it is just a building. So going to church doesn't have to be a mega church or a huge building for centuries and even today. Christians met in homes, in hidden places, in small groups. The point is gathering among the saints and also being taught. So, you know, if, if that's a small group, whatever that might be, it doesn't have to mean that you're going to this mega church with a huge worship set every single, you know, Sunday, but it does mean that you are consistently gathering with the saints. That is so important. It's not about the building. It's about the body of Christ. And oftentimes, of course, on typically Sundays for Christians, that happens in that building, in that church. Um, so that's why we're talking about going to church. Another thing that this doesn't mean, and I think this is so important, from what we've learned, if the point of gathering with the saints is being taught and also gathering and having all of these things with the saints, real fellowship, being able to encourage and be encouraged, be exhorted and exhort, pour into people, practice our gifts, all of this, serve, have other people speak into our lives, all of that, then the importance of attending church also doesn't mean just going in and out every Sunday and making no connection on a Sunday morning, sitting in the back, sneaking out and not talking with anyone, which I think so many of us can be guilty of. And I think oftentimes, if we're honest, the people who lean to doing this are often the ones who don't see the value of going in person and will then prefer to almost do it virtually or just listen on a podcast or something like that. And that's not to say that we are feeling bubbly every Sunday and, you know, we're jumping in ready to have conversations all the time. Like, you know, we're human and there's ebbs and flows, but it is to say that the practice of going to church, which is something that we are called to do, really needs to involve actually the gathering of the saints and the interacting of the saints. And so sneaking in and out in the back is also not what we're called to do. And in all of this too, I think it's so important to say that there is no legalism here. We saw not just how important church is, but for a lot of reasons, we saw why we should want to do this, not just why we should, but why we can want to. People are always looking for community events outside of the church. And imagine going to a community that knows you so well and is doing life with you, who actually shares the spirit of God. You have the spirit of God and they have the spirit of God. And that is the church. That's the body of Christ. But does this mean that we are totally in sin if we miss a Sunday? I don't believe that there's condemnation in Christ. There's no command to not miss a service. This isn't a legalistic thing. This isn't about hitting a check mark, going in and out on Sundays and just saying we did it. 
we, you know, have definitely hit a, virt a few virtual couch Christian Sundays over the years. And if I'm being honest, we've hit seasons where I've been more involved or less involved. Um, and, you know, lately we've been pouring more into this area and I love that. Sometimes you're traveling, you know, there's different seasons. But what is so important is that you are making this a consistent thing in your life and that you are obeying the Lord in this area to actually gather with the saint. This the saints, this isn't about hitting a check mark, friend, but this is about obedience to something that God really prioritizes for his people. So there's no condemnation if you miss a Sunday, but you know, making it a habit, you will feel those effects and that's not something that God has called you to. Okay, so we have dove Dovin, Divin, I don't know, we have gone into the spiritual. And I think it's so cool sometimes to see how some practical non-Christian, um, quote unquote, or secular stats back up the benefits of God's ways. So here are some statistics about people who do gather for religious services and the benefits of doing that. So I think it's so cool because God commands it. He tells us why we feel it in our own lives. And here are statistics that actually talk about benefits from a non-biblical perspective that back up what we already can know to be true from God's word. So Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health researchers found that people who attend weekly religious services or practiced daily prayer or meditation in their youth reported greater life satisfaction and positivity in their 20s. They also found that they were less likely to have depressive symptoms, smoke, use illicit drugs, or have STDs or STIs than people raised with less regular spiritual habits. They also found that people who attended religious services at least weekly in childhood and adolescence were approximately 18% more likely to report higher happiness as young adults from ages 23 to 30 than those who never attended services. They were also 29%, 29% more likely to volunteer in their communities. And again, with a more specific stat here, 33% less likely to use illicit drugs. And I'm going to link the um, link or article, the study for all of these stats too. And the NIH also found this, that longitudinal, longitudinal, long-term studies indicate that attending religious services at least weekly is associated with 25 to 35 reduced mortality over 10 to 15 years. So just some really interesting stats here. And before I wrap up, I do want to take a step back and talk about why people don't go to church, according to some statistics and polls. So let's revisit those Pew Research top reasons. I think it's important to kind of look at and evaluate and, and talk those through a little bit. So the reasons were that they don't like practicing their faith in other ways, or they, no, they do like practicing their faith in other ways, that there is a net dislike for congregation religious services, and that they haven't found a church or house of worship worship that they like. Again, these reasons are based on feeling. And while I want to touch on them, we do have to remember that if God commands us to attend church, which we saw that he does, then our feelings don't trump what God commands. So the first one is that I practice my faith in other ways. 
So this is something, if I'm being totally honest and transparent, I have never fully understood. I mean, I understand that people want to express what they believe and how they want to do that, you know, in, in the ways that they do. They want to express it in their own individual ways. But the way my mind works is if you are aligning with a faith or a religion, whatever that is, Hinduism, Islam, Christianity, Judaism, whatever that is, then unless you abide by that religion's ways and their rules, their commands, what they're called to in this, then you're not actually participating or part of that faith or religion if you're not abiding by those things. Religions claim to be true. They claim to be truth. And so I can't make up my own ways around those things. Or I can, but then I can't really identify with, the, with that religion, if that makes sense. So if this is your reason, you know, that you just want to practice your faith in other ways, we saw that God actually has a certain way for Christians to practice Christianity. And it's not really open to whatever you would rather do. Again, if you're going to align with a way of life, a faith, a religion, then if you're not actually aligning with it, you're not actually part of it, if that makes sense. So that's just something that I was thinking through as I read that. And I just felt like um, that's a conversation, too, that I have had before. And so I felt like it was worth mentioning. I think it's so important. Like, if you're going to claim something, really live it. Really claim it. You know, go in. Um because to be half in, half out, doing your own thing, but claiming something does, doesn't really, not only does it not really work, but it doesn't actually make sense, really. Okay, so number two, there's a net dislike for congregation and religious services. So this I totally see as more common. Churches can feel boring or long-winded, and maybe even depending on the church, unfortunately, it can feel disingenuous or too showy or superficial or even hypocritical. And I think that that can tie into what we will talk about in a little bit after this um, regarding finding an actual solid Bible-believing church. I think it also begs thought of, again, our preferences and our feelings, if they're not big issues of why we don't actually like a church, then our preferences and feelings don't trump God's command for how he wants believers to live out their faith and what he has called them to and to live according to his ways. So the third reason then is I haven't found a church or house of worship that I like. And I want to preface by saying this, church hunting can be hard. If you have moved to a new place, I've talked to so many people who are in these situations or have been in these situations, maybe even something happened in your church and you just need to find a new one. It can be hard to find one that fits what you like, what you believe, and just totally aligns with maybe a church you've gone to before or, um, you know, just aligns with what you believe. And there are so many different churches out there that do things differently, and, and it can be hard to find, quote unquote, the right one. I totally think that that is a valid, hard thing. Church hunting can be hard, but... I just have to say this too. I do think it's important, again, that we're not prioritizing our preferences on minor issues over actually obeying God in this area of gathering with the saints. Now, that does not mean that we can't take time to find a church we like and is solid. But let's remember to not be too picky in minor areas. And again, I don't mean with core issues. We'll dive into that next where there are attributes of an actual solid church that if a church doesn't have them, then you should totally avoid that church and stay away from it. But 
If you are spending a long time finding a church that you vibe with while passing on solid churches because of minor distastes, and then maybe you even eventually tap out on going to church altogether because none of them are quote unquote perfect, then you end up missing out on what God says is so important And then maybe it really is time to figure out what you're prioritizing. Are you prioritizing this thing that the Lord has asked Christians to do? Or, you know, the fact that maybe you didn't like the way that the guitar leader, worship leader played guitar and you've been looking for a church for a couple of years at this point, things like that. Then I think it's a point where you need to evaluate like, all right, I need to be plugged in. I need to be gathering with the saints. I need to figure this out ASAP. Again, This is regarding not core, cross, you know, salvation issues. So with all of that said, I've alluded to it before, but the last thing that I want to talk about in this episode before we dive into Dear Meg is what makes a solid church? How do we know if the church that we want to go to or that we are going to right now is a quote unquote good church? So I one thing that's a big thing is you can go onto their site and see what they believe, their doctrine, the different things that they believe. I think that that's really like great and important. Another thing is that their services are Bible-based teachings, that they are not taking verses out of context, things like that. So of course there are different preferences, whether somebody is teaching topically or expositorially, um, whether they're going verse by verse or they have different topics that they pull. And I have visited, gone to different churches that do things differently and have been both solid churches. So that's a preference. However, I think it's important that these churches, whether it's topical or expository, that they are actually, you know, Bible-based teachings. They're not taking verses out of context and they're not cherry picking issues. So for example, not talking about sin or only talking about happy things, um, things like that. That's so important. So again, I have gone to or visited rather churches that do it both ways. My home church is a church that teaches expository teachings. So they go verse by verse. And I love that because it really removes the ability to cherry pick and not talk about all verses in scripture and really go through the whole thing because it's all the word of God. So I love expository teachings. We open up our Bible every single Sunday. And it's not like we just have a verse here and there and it's an overall positive message and we included one verse. We're going through the word of God and studying the word of God. And I love that. I think that it's so important. So all of that to say is another good tell of a church is that they are, or rather not even a good tell, but a must have tell is that their teachings are Bible based and they're not taking verses out of context. Another thing is that church should include prayer, worship, Bible teaching and fellowship. So those are kind of four things that it really should include. And some other good signs too are that a church should have evident love. So the people in the church, the body of Christ should be evidently loving. True followers of Christ are known by their love. Two, also good leadership. We talked about this in our first Timothy Bible study, which you can find in past episodes or in our shop with the digital study there, but God does have requirements for the leaders in the church because he cares both about the leaders and about the congregation that are going to these leaders. So leaders should be honorable. 
I think too, if there's dishonorable actions among the leaders, a healthy sign of a church is actually being open to an extent about that and implementing church discipline in that area. I've seen that done and I really respect that, although it's literally commanded in the Bible, but that can be really hard to do. And I think that's a really good sign of a healthy church that wants to honor God. Another good sign is ministries and having those ministries that encourage fellowship. So small groups, groups geared towards specific groups of people, maybe it's young adults, those who are in mourning, those who struggle with addiction, different things like that. I think that's another great sign too. Um, and again, there's smaller churches, so that doesn't, it's not a must like the ones we talked about before by any means, but it is just a good sign. Um, and then too, another healthy thing is seeing a ministry or evangelism focus that comes out of the church. So people in the congregation who maybe want to start other churches, who want to get involved and serve in the church that, you know, we already have or you already have, who bring others to church, things like that. So basically the, the congregation is led to and in turn does actually live in the ways that God calls them to. Friend, all in all, a church won't be perfect. The best churches won't be perfect. Even the churches after the death and resurrection of Jesus right around that time that were started by the apostles weren't perfect and had letters written to them of things they needed to change. The church, its congregation and leaders, including you and me, is made up of human beings who are sinners saved by grace. So it's important to have grace and again, not expect perfection, but you can expect and should make sure that your church is centered on the word of God, on the Bible, that it has, you know, the gospel all throughout, that it's focused on that, that it has worship, prayer, teaching, fellowship, good good leadership, all of that. So, you know, a church won't be perfect, but let's have grace in that and just expect these really important things as well. And so all in all, that is why going to church or rather gathering with the saints is so important. And, you know, we talked about it, something we're actually called to. We can have fellowship, we can exercise our gifts. And we also, we talked about so much in this episode. Oh my gosh. So thank you for listening today. And friends, I hope it was an encouragement to you, but now it is time for Dear Meg. So this question says, Dear Meg, how do I decipher whether God is calling me somewhere else or to stay where I'm planted? And this person elaborates that they have been struggling because they feel called to start a business. However, they currently have all their prereqs prereqs for nursing and is on track to start a nursing program in the fall and also have this nursing program covered financially. So she says that I keep seeing messages of how to stay where God has planted you, but I've also had friends and family, close family, encouraging me to use my gifts for a business and I'm drawn to move out of my hometown. So I guess my question is, would it, or how do so I guess my question, sorry, I'm reading this and, and misreading it, would just be on how to navigate these questions when I feel like I'm getting signs pointing equally in both directions. So that is a great question. I actually do have an episode on this. I don't remember what number it is, but I'm going to find it and link it in the show notes as well. But 
it can be so tricky to try to navigate, you know, what the Lord wants us to do, especially if we feel like both options that we have or multiple options that we have are good options. And so I would encourage you one to really, 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 of course, seek the Lord in this, be seeking him daily in just your own routine, not just about this issue, be drawing closer to him so that you know his voice more and more, but be praying over this issue. Of course, it sounds like you too have already confided in close friends and family who can speak into your life who are also spirit filled. So I would, yeah, like make sure that you're doing that as well. And I think my encouragement would be like, this is tricky because, you know, of course I don't know your specific situation, but I'll speak to what I spoke about in this episode before is that I think it can be a good thing to take steps of faith and then the Lord is going to direct and guide you in those things. The Lord is never going to punish you for being confused. You know, like he doesn't want us to be disobedient, but you know, he's not going to be like, oh, well, I was trying to say this, but you didn't get it. Or like, I was trying to be confusing and you didn't figure it out. So now I'm frustrated with you and your whole life is going to be ruined because you missed what I was saying. You know, he, he's not that kind of a God and praise the Lord that he's not. So my encouragement I would say make sure that you're in prayer over these things and be seeking counsel from other people and really be seeking too. I I wouldn't base everything off of this, but I think that sometimes when the Lord is really speaking to us through his word, that that's really huge too. If you feel like he's speaking things to you to hold on to those things, write those things down. But I think sometimes it is too okay to take a step in faith and, and then the Lord can redirect you where you're at. I think in this situation, it doesn't sound like it needs to be an either or. You could, you know, continue on doing your nursing program, but also start a business on the side. I know somebody who actually does work in a hospital and also has an incredible business on the side that's booming. So, you know, you can do both if you feel like that's feasible for you. You don't have to move right and out right away. You could keep that in prayer. Um, and that's just kind of different thoughts around that. Um, but I feel like it doesn't have to be an either or. And I, I would say if you feel like it does need to be an either or, definitely keep that in prayer. But our God is not a God of confusion, friend. And I think sometimes he does give us the ability to choose things and just to continue to seek him. And um, so I would say lean on him, seek him. And in this situation specifically, it doesn't seem like it has to be an either or. So, you know, maybe pursue why the Lord has given you these gifts and this desire to start a business. But if you can, you know, also definitely continue the nursing, the nursing program. Um, I think it definitely is a case by case basis, but I would say definitely continue to seek the Lord, continue to seek that counsel. And if you can maybe try both, see where it leads. I don't know, just a thought, but that is, you know, just a thought. Again, none of this is official advice. So take everything with a grain of salt. I am not a counselor by any means. Um, and so that's my thought for dear Meg. All right, friend, I would be remiss without telling you that if you want more She Lives Purposely content, you are itching for more bonus podcast episodes. Maybe you want those digital studies that we have for free. You want Bible reading plans, a shop code, and we are even going to be adding some more stuff soon, which I'm really stoked about. I would encourage you to take a look at the monthly bonus subscription, which is $5.99 a month. So again, for $5.99 a month, you get all of those things. You get the week weekly bonus podcast episodes, Bible reading plans that are all year round. So you always have something to read. And I love putting these together. Sometimes they're through books of the Bible and sometimes they're topical. So 
we just went through one on comfort and care which was so beautiful one of my favorite things in scripture um so that's really cool and then of course a shop code and you get digital bible studies for free and right now you can sign up with a free two-week trial and you can do that at shelivespurposely.com backslash sign up that's shelivespurposely.com backslash sign up it's just another way to get bonus exclusive content and of course support she lives purposely friend i hope that you like this podcast episode if you did be sure to leave a review and share it with your friends. Doing that helps the podcast to grow, reach new women, to encourage and equip them. I am so thankful for you, friend. Live purposefully, live for Jesus, and have a fantastic rest of your day.